Welcome to Yesterday Today, playing the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm one half of your host, McLean Westbrook, and alongside me in the studio today is the other half, Jake Westbrook. Today, the theme of the show is living out in the country. Country living, if you will. You know, that sort of rural lifestyle. That's right. Here on Yesterday Today, we like to take time every now and then to recognize the beauty of the simple farm life. Especially given just how much of our area here in the beautiful state of Idaho is rural farmland, we thought it would be appropriate to make a... Yeah. Could you take a break from trying to localize our show and go see who's at the door there? Kind of seemed like you were closer, but alright. Howdy there. Got your milk deliver here for you. Virgil the Milkman? What are you doing here? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not actually a milkman, son. But you're delivering milk. I may deliver the milk, but that's because I run a small little family operation on the farm. I'm a dairy farmer that also happens to deliver his own product. Oh, well I didn't actually mean that I... Being a part of some big fancy operation is the reason why I'm able to produce a quality product. This milk is produced with care and love. I don't doubt that at all. Good, because our milk is really the cream of the crop. Right. Well, no sense hanging around here all day. Here's your milk, and have a good one. Creep of the crop. Who was that? You remember when Sidney was getting milk delivered last year for his cheese making hobby? Well, I must be back at it because that was our old milkman, well, uh, dairy farmer Virgil. Ah, no, the last thing we need is Sidney cluttering up the building with that nonsense again. Sidney, come here, please. Anyhow, Jane counts tricks. Yeah, Sydney, your milk delivery just came. You're not making cheese here again, are you? I, I really wish you would not do that. I, I don't know, maybe do that on your own time, on your own property. Just a thought. Well, no, no, no. My cheese-making days are long behind me. This milk here is for a much different purpose. Dare I say, a more important one. Uh, I'm afraid to ask. I'm, uh, I'm starting the podcast. His mission is to find the perfect breakfast cereal. Lofty goal, I know, I know. Breakfast cereal. Yep. I needed Virgil's farm fresh milk, being the pure sweet nectar that it is, as the base to conduct my experiments with. You see, I must find which one of the fine, healthy, and nutritious sweetened grain-based breakfast cereals being produced by the small handful of powerful corporations that control our carbohydrate-dense government-sanctioned American diets. I need to find out which one's the best. Is it a combination of marshmallow and chocolate, or marshmallows and fruit, sweetened corn, or sweetened rice? This is a very vexing question, gentlemen. Not one to be taken lightly, and I am the one to not take it lightly. It's my duty to get to the bottom of this. City, they're all the same. It's just oats and sugar. Isn't there something a little more productive you could be doing? Like, you know, I don't know, <laughs> cleaning the studio? Oh, no, sir. I refuse to rest until I have a conclusion. Laugh all you want, Jake. But I've set my mind on following through with this experiment. And no one can stop me from... City, scram. Okay, see ya. Nice to see our lovely, cheerful, happy-go-lucky producer today. Why do you have to kick Sydney out? Because I don't need any of the excess goons hanging around the studio today. And you two knuckleheads are plenty enough already. I have a very special visitor coming in today. Really? Who? Your divorce lawyer? Your bookie? Oh, that's good. Maybe if you two stooges ever were that funny on your little radio program, you might get some people to accidentally tune in every once in a while. Anyway, no. My daughter is going to be visiting the studio today before I treat her to a little father-daughter 
lunch date. Daughter? Your daughter? Yeah. Got any cracks you want to make about that? No, it's, it's just that you never told us you had a daughter. Yeah, I got a daughter. She's from my second marriage. She's been living with a mother out in New Jersey. Now that you know her life story, why don't you write a biography, you creep? Anyway, I was hoping this being a first time seeing an old man and his, uh, uh... Colleagues? Sure, we'll go with that. I was hoping maybe we could, uh, tone down some of those goofy gags we play on each other. Behave ourselves a little, you know? Uh, g- goofy gags? What, what are you talking about? You know, the the little jokes we have. Like the time I kidded around about locking you guys in the studio for a week. That was a real hoot. You mean when you literally locked us in the studio for a week? Sure, <laughs> that was something. Anyway, just play it cool, okay? Uh, sure, I guess. Right. Well, now that it's only been approximately 45 minutes, I think we should probably start the show. As I said so long ago, we're talking about country living today, and I have here some music all about just that. Let's fire up that Vic Carolla. One night, Farmer Brown was taking the air After locking up the barn with the greatest of care Then down in the hen house, somebody stirred When he shouted, who's there? Who's there? I'm telling the truth, this is what he heard You can believe it or not There ain't nobody here but us chickens There ain't nobody here at all So quiet yourself, stop that fuss There ain't nobody here but us We chickens trying to sleep And you bust in And hobble, 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 hobble with your chin There ain't nobody here but us chickens There ain't nobody here at all you're stomping around and shaking the ground You raising up a powerful dust We chickens trying to sleep You bust in and hobble, 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 hobble It's a sin Tomorrow is a busy day We got things to do, we got eggs to lay Worms to dig, grounds to scratch And it takes a lot of setting Getting chicks to hatch There ain't nobody here but us chickens There ain't nobody here at all So quiet yourself Stop that fuss There ain't nobody here but us And kindly point that gun the other way And hobble, hobble, hobble off and hit the hay Nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. Shh, quiet yourself and stop that fuss. There ain't nobody here but us. We chickens trying to sleep and you bust in and baba oodle, baba oodle with your chin. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. Now there ain't nobody here at all. You're stomping around and shaking the ground while you raising up a powerful dust. We chickens trying to sleep and you bust in and yaggedy, 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 it's a sin. Tomorrow is a busy day. We got things to do, we got eggs to lay. Worms to dig, grounds to scratch, and it takes a lot of setting, getting chicks to hatch. Now there ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. Shh, now quiet yourself and stop that fuss, cause there ain't nobody here but us. And kind of point that gun the other way And hobble, hobble, hobble up and hit the hay
own hay. Round the barnyard where the farmyard folks are pally. Let me dearly dally all the live long day. I'm a Hoosier who's blue clear through and my heart is fine. Oh, that's pretty. All the sycamore trees where the wabash breezes play. What's more, I'm pining for a yellow moon that's shining on a little red barn on a farm down Indiana way. I'm a Hoosier who's blue through and through, and my heart is pining. All the sycamore trees where the wabash breezes play. Once more I'm pining for a yellow moon that's shining. On a little red barn on a farm down Indiana way. Down Indiana way. Beyond the busy highway, beyond the city strife, we highly treasure and take great pleasure in our plain way of life. Feuding, fussing, and fighting, sometimes it gets downright exciting. Don't like them ornery neighbors down by the creek. Well, we'll be plumb out of neighbors next week. Grandma, poor old grandma. Why'd they have to shoot poor grandma? She lies neath the clover. Seems they caught her bending over. I reach for the money, feuding, fussing, and fighting. This is a wrong that needs a righting. Let's get that funeral service over, so then we'll go feuding and fighting again. Feuding and fighting and a fussing. That's all that's going on with us and We are such neighborly people, peaceful and sweet All except when we happen to meet Daughter, baby daughter Poisoned all the neighbor's chicken Daughter, should daughter at least till she could run like the Dickens. They caught her at the crossroads. Feuding and fighting and a-fussing. No use of standing here a-cussing. Let's give our daughter a pistol now that she's four. And go feuding and fighting some more. Ah, fighting and a-feuding and a-fussing. What did that stranger want with us? 
He was a revenue agent. <laughs> yep, he was until the bars had to hide him in the still. Liquor, mountain liquor. It's better now, it kicks you much quicker. Moonshine, mountain moonshine. Has a glow that gets you much sicker. We serve it with the clothes brush. Shooting and fussing and a fighting. This ain't no place to be politing. Hello, up my double barrel shotgun. I'm getting the end to go feuding and a fussing. A feuding and a fighting. A feuding and a fussing again. Far from town Lived a little cow With eyes of brown The only thing That she loved to do Was moo Woo woo In another pasture Right next door Lived a bully boy cow She went far They fell in love And all they thought of Was moo Woo woo The boy cow's name Was Elmer And her name Was Hortense The boy cow Mooed my darling if you're in the mood, pet, let's condense. When his lady fair mood her consent, Elmer said, I'll make you so content. He broke the gate, and they had a date pitching moo, woo, woo. I just got here today. My hometown is a little town way down Dixie Way. Now everybody down there for miles around all calls me by my name. Now that I'm up here in your big city, I sure wish y'all would do the same. Because I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas. And you ought to see me do my stuff. 
Why, I'm a clean-cut fella from Harness Corner. Oh, you ought to see me strut. I'm a caper-cutting cutie. Got a gal called Katie. She's a little heavy lady, and I call her baby. I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. Yes, a ding-dong daddy from the Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a ping-pong popper from Pitchfork Prairie. Ought to see me strut. I'm a ding-dong daddy, got a whiz-bang mama She's a Bear Creek baby and a wampus kitty I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas And you ought to see me do my Just a ding-dong a daddy from the Dumas Who you ought to see me do my stuff I'm a corn pone popper and an apple knocker You ought to see me strut I'm a mama-loving man and I just left Mary She's a big blonde baby from Peanut Prairie I'm a ding-dong daddy from Duma now And you ought to see me do my stuff Just a rink and dink a daddy from the Dumas. Who you ought to see me do my stuff? I'm a peach pie popper from Jackson's Hollow. Oh, you ought to see me strut. I'm a honey dripping daddy. Got a hard hearted baby. She's a chic shaking Sheba. And hallelujah, I'm a ding dong daddy from Dumas. And you ought to see me strut.
in the sun in and to roam the spaces wide it's the place for me Welcome back to Yesterday Today. That was some country-loving music you just heard, and, uh... Yeah, yeah. Now that that corny schlock is over, I'd like you two to meet my daughter, Maisie. Nice to meet you. My father told me all about you two. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. He said you were bozos. I see. Our reputation precedes us. I heard all about you guys helping out Pops on his show. Well, uh, actually, we started the show, and he, he came on board later to produce it, so it's not really a... Hey, instead of you two trying to talk her ear off, why don't you give her a grand tour of the place? Show her around. Okay, there's, uh, there's not really much to see. We work out of this little satellite building here. It's modest, but it's functional. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kinda... Um, kinda, kinda small, I know. Well, we... I was gonna say, it's kind of a dump. Right. Well, you'll have to excuse us. Our janitor hasn't quite been on top of things today. He's been a little distracted. Oh, he's a little something, all right. Oh, wait a second. Your janitor? Ain't he that that Sidney Snotgrass character you were telling me about, Pop? Yeah, that's the one. You ought to see this joker. I ain't even sure he's human. That's a little harsh. Sidney's just, uh... Eccentric. Eccentric, yeah, yeah. What do you mean by eccentric? He's a fruitcake, that's what. Little guy lives in a tree. A tree? Sounds like a rugged lifestyle. The only thing rugged about Sydney is his face. Where is the Sydney character? I'd like to meet him. Well, actually, we're not quite sure where he is right now. He was here a bit ago doing something about <clears throat> cereal, but he left for parts unknown. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not sure I want my daughter meeting Sydney Snout Hound anyway. An experience like that could stunt her growth or something. Ain't I an adult? Can't I meet who I want? Hey everybody, big news. I've just been named the head moderator on my favorite Lucky Charms discussion forum. <laughs> now I have the absolute authority to ban whoever I want. And boy oh boy do I play the role with an iron fist. <laughs> Sydney, this is my daughter, Maisie. Don't get too close. I, I don't want a mind to get warped. The pleasure's all mine, Mr. Sawcalf. Oh, it's, uh, Snorthoff. Mm, sorry, Mr. Snorthoff. What's the matter? Ain't you got anything to say? Cat got your tongue? I think he's broken. Sydney? Sydney? Well, we ain't got all day to hang around here waiting for this clown to reanimate. Come on, Maisie, there's a nice little wiener schnitzel stand down the street. Let's grab some lunch. What's wrong with Sydney? Don't worry about that clan. Hey, you two, play another show and try not to ruin anything while I'm gone. We'll see you guys around. Nice to have met you. Yeah, yeah, n n nice to have met you. Anyway, next up on the show, we have, um... McLean, could you turn Sydney the other way? The that frozen look of fear on his face is making me uncomfortable. I got you. Anyway, next up we have an episode of Lum and Abner, the classic show of the lovable old mountain folk up in Pine Ridge, the jot-em-down store. Uh, 
Oh, old geezer comedy. That's that's what we need more of in America today. We don't have enough old geezers telling jokes out there. It's all it's all kids these days. I don't I don't get the kids these days. Anyway, this is Love and Abner. Hi, Grannies. I believe that's our ring, Abner. Ah. Bridget Air presents the new Lum and Abner show. Tonight, Bridget Air, a division of General Motors, brings you a brand new kind of visit for those old characters down in Pine Ridge. Featuring Clarence Hartzell as Ben Withers, Gloria Blondell, the music of Felix Mills, and starring your old favorites, Lum and Abner. America's number one refrigerator is Frigidaire. Yes, any way you look at it, America's number one refrigerator is Frigidaire. Number one in popularity, for more Frigidaire refrigerators serve in more American homes than any other make. Number one in thrilling new advantages, as you can see for yourself at any Frigidaire dealers. And number one in dependability, for Frigidaire refrigerators are made only by General Motors, and this association of experience with experience, of skill with skill, is your guarantee of lasting satisfaction. So when it comes to a new refrigerator for your home, remember this. The first name you think of is the right one to buy. Frigidaire, America's number one refrigerator. <laughs> Now, as we look in on the little community of Pine Ridge, we find Lum in the Jotham Down store blocking Abner's path to the door. Listen. Now, wait a minute, Abner. Where do you think you're going? Lum, I've got to mail this letter for Ed Stoddard. Now, just why would Ed Stoddard want you to mail a letter for him? He's the postmaster. Well, not for a while he ain't. See, this letter is to the post office department telling them to send out a, a substitute for to take his place. Why? What's wrong with Ed? Well, you know how absent-minded he's been getting here late. Oh, I know it, I know it. Just the other day, I seen him sauntering along in the rain, holding his hand out in front of him like he's carrying an umbrella. He told me later he didn't realize he'd forgot it till the rain stopped and he reached up to close it. <laughs> well, you just wait till you hear this. He drove home last night, drove in the driveway, got out, opened the garage door... And when he seen the garage was empty, he yelled, Help! Somebody stole my car. <laughs> oh, you never. He did. Yeah, he done it. And then his woman, she heard the commotion, thought he was a thief, and throwed an iron skillet and hit him on the head. That woke up the neighbor's dog, and he started chasing him. Then Caleb Weehunt thought it was somebody after his chickens, so he taken a shotgun to Ed, and now Ed is flat in bed on his stomach. <laughs> Alive. I don't know whether he got the car back or not. Granny, does it sound like you'll be laid up for a while? Well, that's why he writ this letter to get a substitute. Yeah, you better get that in the mail quick. Or wait a minute. Wait here. Hold on. Give me that letter. You gonna mail it? I'm gonna tear it up. Hey, now, Lum, don't do that. That's government matter. Yeah, and I'm doing the government a favor. 
Ain't no use in spending all that money to send a substitute out to Pine Ridge when we got a man right here that can handle a job. Yeah, but he's full of buckshot. I don't mean Ed. <laughs> I mean me. You? Yes, sir. With my set of brains, I'll run that post office like it ain't never been run before. <laughs> Dear Ella, hope this finds you well. Abner, cut out reading them postcards. You ain't the postmaster. I am. Ruby is having trouble with George again. Abner, I'm going to have to throw you right out of the post office. Because George keeps falling off of the wagon. Abner. Doggy, I hope he didn't hurt himself. <laughs> Abner, you... I don't know George, but he must not be very smart, Lon. Keeps falling off. Doggy. You'd think he'd learn how to sit in a wagon and hang on after two or three <laughs> Abner, that mail is U.S. government property. Tampering with it is a federal offense. And on top of that, if Ella Simpson ever caught you reading her postcard, she'd massacre you. Ruby says next time she sees George, she is going to shoot... Abner, give me that card. Lon, this is serious. Ruby's going to I shoot... I don't care what she's going to do. Here comes Ella Simpson, and she'll do worse than that to you. Oh, my goodness. Now... Well, morning, Miss Simpson. Why, Lum, are you running the post office now? Yeah, I'm the new letterhead. <laughs> How about some nice fresh stamps today? No, thank you. Say, you got any mail for me? Why, yeah, I believe there is a postcard. <laughs> Just happened to have it in my hand. Here you are. Who's it from? Well, I ain't got the least ideas. I ain't neither. But you better get in touch with Ruby right away. <laughs> hey, Chuck. That George is going to get it. What'd you say, Abner? He said that's a gorgeous bonnet. Where'd you get it? Huh? Well, I got it over to the county seat. I only paid a dollar ninety-eight cents for it. It sure don't look like it. <laughs> but everything costs twice what it ought to nowadays, ain't it? Well, good luck to you on your new job here, Lum. Thank you, Sister Simpson. Come in again. Lom, how could you stand there talking about hats when there's a murder going on? Listen, Abner, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for reading somebody else's mail. That's the lowest, sneakiness one thing a human can do. But, Lom, Ruby's gonna shoot George. No, she ain't. All it said was the next time Ruby sees George, she's gonna shoot him a game of sh snooker. <laughs> That's a game I ain't even played. <laughs> Only trouble now, she's liable to club him with a pool cue, you know that? No, because when she went on to say, uh, well, I don't know what it said. Why don't you get on back to the jot em down store? Well, all right, but what I come down here to tell you was that you better give up this post office junk lum. Squire Skimp says you're going to get yourself in trouble. Oh, sassy brass. Squire's just jealous. Well, he says that you don't know nothing about the post office regulations. Oh, don't I? Well, just stick around and watch how I handle the next customer. I'll show you who knows about postal regulations. Well, I dog, you got a good in to work on. <laughs> huh? There comes Ben Withers. Uh oh. Oh, hello, Lum. How's the new postmaster? Oh, getting along just fine, Ben. I wonder if you could send a registered letter for me, Lum. Oh, you bet your life I registered. Yes. You can handle that, can't you? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> can I handle it? <laughs> uh registered. Hmm. You wouldn't want to just send that special deliver, would you? Well, yes, all right. Well, good. But I want it registered, too. Uh, <laughs> all right, Abner, you keep out of this. I never said a word. 
Uh, watch what you're thinking, then. Uh, Let's see, now, you want this letter registered, huh? Yes, registered. Uh-huh. Registered. That's correct. Registered. Uh-huh. Uh, how about sending it airmail? I want it registered, love. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Uh-huh. What's the matter, Mr. Postmaster? Having trouble? (laughs) And hash up. Lum, I want that sent delivered to addressee only. Uh, I thought you wanted it registered. Fine. Huh? You've got a rubber stamp there that says delivered to addressee only on it. Just stamp that on the envelope. Oh, well, that's simple enough, sure. Uh, Here we are. Yeah. Come in again soon, Ben. Well, wait, that's the wrong stamp. That says return insufficient address. <laughs> Abner, will you get out of here? Oh. Well, maybe you better let me get back there and fix this letter up right. No, now you stay right where you're at, Ben. I'm the postmaster here. Yeah, he's the postmaster. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see now. now. What you're supposed to do next is take the postmark stamp and cancel it. Cancel it? You mean you don't want to send it after all? Certainly I want to send it, and I've got to register it because I'm enclosing quite a sizable amount of cash. One dollar and 29 cents. Is that all? Fine. I'm sending for a can of Captain Sprug's Quick Cock. What in the world is that? Yes. (laughs) Captain Sprug of Mount Idy... Inventor of the flat-bottom canoe has done it again. Uh-oh. He has invented a caulking material for mending boat leaks which can be applied underwater. <laughs> well, they put it on with a fountain pen. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh if you want to, but I was present when the captain personally tested Sprug's quick caulk in the waters of beautiful Lake Silk. Well, don't tell us about it. Yes, I will. <clears throat> A large crowd was on hand as Captain Sprug launched his flat-bottom canoe with nothing aboard but a hatchet and a can of Sprug's quick cough. Huh. Oh, yes, and a putty knife. Well, that was very interesting, Ben. Well, see you later. Fifty feet from the shore, the captain raised the hatchet in full view of the spectators and chopped a hole in the bottom of the canoe. Oh, my sakes. <laughs> as the crowd gasped, the captain calmly laid down the hatchet picked up the can of Sprug's quick cock, bowed to the audience, and stepped over the side to repair the damage. I'll be dead blame. Forty-five minutes later, all the water had been pumped out of Captain Sprug. <laughs> and plans were underway to dredge for the canoe. Dredge for it? Fine. They never did find the putty knife. <laughs> well, now, about this registered letter... Or wait a minute, the captain's moved. How do you know? Well, just look what's stamped on the envelope. Returned in sufficient address. Well, your granny's, you're right. So lucky thing I found this out before I sent the letter. So long. <laughs> well, Mr. Postmaster, you sure handled that something wonderful. Well, leastways, I never lost no money on a transaction. Lom, why don't you give up this idea right here and now? You've been postmaster for a whole half a day, and you ain't sold a nickel's worth of stamps or nothing else. I know it, and I don't understand it. A body'd think I didn't know a thing about business. 
Yes, it is easy to get that impression. <laughs> well, I don't think it's me. I think it's the system. Ah. Uh. This place is in a rut. For instance, take them three-cent stamps there. Yeah. They've been selling them for the same price for years and years. Well, you're right there, yeah. Why don't they ever have a sale on them? Why don't they ever give <laughs> two money orders for the price of one? What's the matter with this outfit, anyway? Well, I don't know. Just old-timey, I reckon. Well, Abner, I, I've just got the greatest one idea I ever had in my life. Beginning tomorrow, I'm going to put on the first and the biggest post office sale this country's ever saw. <laughs> Can you do that? I'm doing it. I, grannies, I'll make them post office fellers in Washington sit up and take notice. <laughs> Their eyes will bug out like a trumped on toad frog. <laughs> no, Miss Bates, there's nobody in the store but me and Mr. Niles, the Frigidaire representative. Uh-huh. How's Wilbur? Oh, finally got it, huh? How long a sentence? What do you know, Mr. Niles? Mr. Bates's boy, Wilbur, finally got the prize in his English class for composing the longest sentence. <laughs> Good for Wilbur. How's that, Miss Bates? Your cake's what? Oh, that's a shame. Well, why do you suppose they keep falling? Keep falling? Well, here, I can help her with that problem. Uh-huh. Not even enough? Uh, well, uh, tell her to look at one of the new frigid air electric ranges. Tell her especially to look at the big even heat ovens. She can tell in a jiffy why they're such wonderful bakers. Hey, uh, better let me talk to her. But you don't understand, Mr. Niles. She... Oh, hello, Mrs. Bates. Say, uh, when you bake pies and cakes in a frigid air electric range, you don't have to keep looking at them. Just set the temperature control and it automatically keeps the right baking temperature without ever having to check up on it. The heat is so evenly distributed that cakes and pies just won't fall. But, uh, Mr. Niles... Well, of course, a Frigidaire electric range is so simple, even a child can operate it. Just turn a dial for the exact heat you want. On the three surface units, you have a choice from fast frying to slow simmer, and the economical deep well thermizer converts to a fourth surface unit in a jiffy. And, Mrs. Bates, uh, I'd like to talk to you about the beauty of this new Frigidaire electric range. How wonderfully easy it is to keep clean. How cool it is to cook on. How you can prepare a whole meal even while you're out of the house. What? You have? Oh, well, all right then. Uh, goodbye, Mrs. Bates. What's the matter with you, Ben? Mrs. Bates already has a Frigidaire electric range. Yes, and she's crazy about it. The only reason her cakes keep falling is Mr. Bates built a shelf for her to put her cakes on, and Mr. Bates is a very poor In another half hour, we'll be ready to start the big postal sale. Now, let's check over our list and see what we've did so far. Uh, get signs printed. Check. Make window display out of money order blanks. Check. Buy punch boards. Check. Wait, I forgot to give you any money. What'd you buy the punch boards with? Check. 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 Uh, get jar of beans for guessing contest. Well, Cedric was supposed to bring them over last night, but he ain't showed up yet. That boy, he can't recollect nothing. He ain't got a brain in his head. Check. 
I guess you better go out and start hunting for him. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. Terry comes right now, Lom. Swan, that boy's the slowest mortal that ever drawed breath. Oh, hearty. Well, I got the beans. <laughs> well, it's about time, Cedric. What taking you so long? You got the beans yesterday. Yes, Mom, but it take me all night long to cook them. <laughs> for the land's sake, Cedric, we never wanted them cooked. Of course not. You can't count cooked beans. Now get over to the jot em down store and get a jar of uncooked ones. And hurry up. Oh, uh, what, what kind do you want? N- navy beans? Yeah, they're fine. Kidney beans are nice. All right, get kidneys. I thought you wanted beans. Huh. Hi, grannies, I wish you two idiots would clear out of here before I go stark raving mad crazy. Both of you go get the beans, but hurry back, Abner, because I'm going to need your help quick as the rest starts. Yeah, all right, all right. I'll call Mamie, the central girl, and have her ring the fire alarm so as I can make a public announcement about the sale over the party line. Yeah, all right. Well, come on, Cedric. Let's get out of here. Oh, hello, Mamie. This is Lum Edwards, and I want you to ring... What's the the name? Lum Edwards, and I want... Lum Edwards? Yeah, that's right. He ain't at the Jot-Em-Down store. Try calling him at the post office. Well, I I don't want to call him. Who? Lum Edwards. I'm sure you'll find him at the post office. I know I will, because that's where I'm at now. Well, ain't he there? Who? Lum Edwards. Oh, for pity's sakes. Why don't you leave a message for him when he comes in? Look, Mamie, I just want you to ring the fire alarm so that what, I... What's that name again? Whose name? Who are you calling? I said ring the fire alarm. Sounds like you're saying fire alarm. Well, I am. How do you spell that? F-I-R... Look, Mamie, I don't think you understood me. Who are you? Lum Edwards. I told you you can reach him at the post office. Goodbye. Oh, me. Say, Lum, you were wrong. The captain hasn't moved, so I want to send this registered letter after all. Well, that's just dandy great. Now, you get back there and register it yourself. I'm leaving. I'll be back later. Where are you going, Lum? Fine. What? of an answer was that. <laughs> Pine Ridge Post Office. Is Lum Adderts there? No, he just stepped out for a minute. Well, when he comes in, tell him some knucklehead wants him. <laughs> What's his name? Who? Fine. I'll tell him to call right away. <laughs> Uh, sir, what can I do for you, sir? Well, I'm Inspector Burton of the Postal Department, and I want to see the postmaster. Oh, yes, you must be the knucklehead the operator mentioned. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Yes. Well, Mr. Edwards is out right now, but he ought to be back shortly. Is he the postmaster here? Well, not really. The real one is home in bed, so Mr. Edwards appointed himself postmaster. Appointed himself? Wait a minute, did you say you were with the U.S. Postal Department? I certainly did. Well, my stars. Then you must know Hilmer Grossen. (laughs) Who? Yes. (laughs) Hilmer was in the post office game for a number of years. Best postmaster Mount Idy ever had, until they fired him for being conscientious. Well, I've never heard of a man being fired for that. Well, that's what happened to Hilmer. His wife even divorced him on account of it. Oh, come now. Elmer Grossen loved the post office work so much, 
that he delivered every letter that came in personally. When Kenneth Zekafus moved to Hatfield, Hilmer stamped, please forward on the letter, and personally delivered it to Kenneth at Hatfield. Well, I don't think they'd discharge him for that. Then a letter came in for Rudford Kelp, who had also moved, and Hilmer did the same for him. Well, where'd Rudford move to? Somewhere in northern Finland. <laughs> Finland? On his return a year later, Mrs. Grosson based her suit on desertion. Hilmer put up the defense that he was so far north, the days were six months long, thus he was only gone two days. <laughs> he lost the case. Yes. Well, tell me more about this Mr. Edwards. Ex-postmaster Grosson now runs a small Finnish steam bath in Mount Eighty. I don't care about him. What about this Mr. Edwards? Oh, he's not here right now. He's out making final arrangements for his stamp sale. Uh, stamp sale? Fine. Well, look, I'm going to drop in a little later and have a chat with this Mr. Edwards. But don't you tell him. Oh, what a surprise him, huh? I certainly am, and what a surprise. All right, Granny Zabner, the sale's on. Let them come in. Yeah, well, wait a minute, Lom. There's one more sign we ain't put up yet. Which one's that? This one that says, Fall Clearance Sale. All postage stamps drastically reduced to half price. Oh, yeah. Yeah, stand that and write up over the inkwell there. Yeah, yeah. And that reminds me, did you bend up the pinpoints? Yeah. <laughs> me and Cedric played a game of darts with them. We got them bent up to where you couldn't tell them from the pins they got in the biggest post offices in the country. <laughs> Good. I just don't understand why the old postmaster never thought of any of these ideas. no. He never even advertised. No, no. <laughs> hey, Long, get ready, get ready. Yonder comes our first customer. Well, good. Make him think we're doing a big business, and that'll help the sale. Yeah, yeah. Who is that fella? I don't know. Looks like some out-of-town stranger. Yeah. He ain't a local stranger. <laughs> uh, whoever he is, I bound you he ain't never seen a post office run like I'm running this. <laughs> <laughs> well, come in, mister. Come right in. My name's Burton. Well, you're just in time for the big sale, Mr. Burton. Yeah, see that sign over there? Three centers, two cents, two centers, one cent. Yes. Uh, just how many stamps have you sold at this rate? Well... Oh, uh... hundreds of them. Just hundreds. Hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more about this sale. Sounds even better than I imagined. Oh, you heard about it, huh? And you're from out of town, ain't you? Yes, I'm from Washington. Washington? Well, what do you know about that? I'll show you what advertising will do, Abner. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is which one of you is responsible for all this. Well, <laughs> I don't like to brag on myself, but I'm your man. You may be right. I helped. <laughs> Good. I want that information, too. Well, thank you. Now, uh... <laughs> let's see now. You're Mr. Edwards, aren't you? Yeah, that's I. Mr. Edwards, do you know anything at all about postal regulations? <laughs> oh, them old moldy wore-out things. I'm making up a whole new set. <laughs> you are, eh? Oh, yeah. You might say I'm revoluting the whole postal system. <laughs> He's the most revolting postmaster this town's ever had. <laughs> Abner, you're just saying that. No. 
Mom, everybody says that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they love me here in Pine Ridge. Mr. Edwards, have you informed Washington of any of those little changes you're making? Well, not quite yet. I'm going to surprise it on them all at once. I'm going to make monkeys out of them old fogies. <laughs> old fogies, eh? Oh, yeah. Would you like to take a chance on the punch board? Punch board? Yeah, see, if you get the lucky number, you get a free money order. <laughs> this is incredible. Oh, you ain't saw nothing yet. See that jar of beans there? Guess how many beans there are in it, Mr. Burton. Yeah, try 3,479. Say, what is this, some kind of a game? Yeah, see, whoever guesses closest to the number of beans in there gets a postal savings account with double the regular interest for two years. Double the interest? You can't possibly mean that. Oh, you don't know me, Mr. Burton. <laughs> When the Giverman finds out what I'm doing here, they'll have me working for him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Don't jump all over me, Lum. I never knowed Mr. Burton was a post office inspector. That's what I get for hiring unexperienced help. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're kicking about. He dropped the charges again. All he done was just forbid you to ever set your foot inside that post office again as long as you live. And pounded his fist. That's all he done. I don't care so much about that. It's just downright humiliating to have him hold that election to find the most reliable man in Pine Ridge to take my place. Well, I can tell you right now, I don't care who they elect. You don't, huh? But he's standing here outside the post office window waiting for him to count the votes for them. Wait a minute. They'll, they'll hear us. Oh. Yeah, I think Ben Withers is getting ready to read the results. Listen. Well, Mr. Burton, here's how the voting tallies up. All right. Ezra C. Strunk. Oh, that varmint. Gets two votes. Huh? Walt Bates. <laughs> Him. Gets seven votes. Good for Walt. Who is <laughs> And here's your most reliable man, Mr. Burton, with 309 votes. All right. Fine. It's... Well... Who is it? This will set the post office back 20 years. It's Lum Edwards. <laughs> Lum and Abner will be back in just a moment, but first, here's an important question. Would you like to own a refrigerator that has a different kind of cold for every different kind of food? Then visit your Frigidaire dealer and ask to see his many models of the Frigidaire refrigerator. The only refrigerator in the world with the famous meter miser, simplest cold-making mechanism ever built. Uh, here, Lom, uh, now that you're the official postmaster, why, you get to read all the postcards, so uh, what does this in here say? Oh, it's from one of the Abernathy boys to his mama. Well, all three of them boys are with the government, you know. One of them's in the Army, and one's in the Navy, and the other's in Alcatraz. 
Yeah, th- this is from Sood. He's the one at Alcatraz. Well. Hmm. Says he ain't at all satisfied. <laughs> Norman Abner Show is brought to you each week by Frigidaire Division of General Motors, manufacturers of a complete line of home appliances, air conditioners, and refrigeration equipment for American business. The script is written by Roz Rogers and Betty Boyle, with music by Felix Mills. So until next Sunday night, same time, same station, this is Wendell Niles saying good night for Frigidaire, America's number one refrigerator. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back to Yesterday Today. That was Lumen Abner, and that will wrap us up for our show today. It sure does. Say, uh, Jake, a uh, little worried about Sidney here. He hasn't moved at all in the last half hour. Yeah, so he hasn't. He's still got that same look of shock on his face. Here, I'll, I'll snap him out of it. Sidney! 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 Jeez, you got him out of it, but I think you ruptured my eardrums. What am I doing with my life? What? Didn't you see what I saw? What? That's one. I've been wasting my time on inane and meaningless hobbies and interests and and, and when something like her exists. I'm I'm pathetic. I'm a broken, wretched moron. I've only got 70 or 80 years of existence if I'm lucky and I've been dumping it all down the drain. Well, Sydney, I I think you're being a little hard on yourself. You don't... I live in a tree, McLean! A tree! How on earth could I have possibly thought that was a responsible decision? I should have bought a house! People don't live in trees! Yeah, yeah, we know. We know. (laughs) How could a girl like Maisie possibly ever be interested in me? I don't even know what a credit score is! I have Lucky Charms for breakfast! That's not a healthy meal to start your day! That's diabetes in a bowl! How could I have been so wildly irresponsible all these years? Oh, the humanity of it all. Sydney, why don't you calm down and take... Do you know how to speak Klingon, McLean? Do you? No. Well, I do. Jumping grasshoppers. Just the other day, I bought a graphic t-shirt from Walmart. There's no way for a grown adult man to dress. <laughs> I suppose that's not bad enough. I'm working as a janitor for you, too. <laughs> no offense. Uh, n- none taken. I could never possibly hope to support a family with that kind of dead inventory level job. I, I need imagination, ambition. I need to go to college. Oh, no, no, no. What am I saying? Taking out student loans and accruing massive debt? Oh, that's absurd. <laughs> Fellas, I don't know what I'm going to do, but 
I gotta make something of myself. I, I've gotta become the kind of man worthy of of, 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 of winning the kind of girl that Maisie is. I, I, gotta, I have to build myself into a responsible, upstanding adult. Uh, I have to completely reinvent myself. Uh, I have to kill the old Sydney Snorthop so they knew what to take his place. Like one of those Hydra type of things. Which I'm not entirely sure what that is. I didn't really pay attention to Greek mythology in school, but I think it's something like that, right? Right. Well, while Sydney's doing that, oh, man. Uh, if oh, you want more oh, yesterday boy. today, oh, head on boy, over to oh, kisu.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. What am I doing? Music I in today's episode included In a Little Red Barn on the Farm Down in Indiana by Judy Canova. I'm a Ding Dong Daddy by Phil Harris. Woo 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 by Spike I'm Jones. Shooting and Fighting by Bing Crosby. Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens by Phil Harris. I'm Mountain Dew by Grandpa Jones. And the Lazy Countryside by Margaret Whiting. Do either of you know where to get a 401k? I, I think that's something adults have. I've, I've heard of it before. <laughs> what about what about a car? Are, are, are churches still open on Sundays? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. There's a big holler tree down the road here for me While you lay down a dollar or two short, he measures about four foot two, but he thinks he's a giant when you give him a pint of that good old Mountain Dew. Well, my old Aunt June bought some brand new perfume, it had such a sweet smelling pew, but to her surprise, when she had it analyzed, it is nothing but good old Mountain Said his wife had been down.